Hey, everyone, this is Chris and Sandy Benton with the Chris and Sandy Show, where we get up close and personal with some amazing rising artists. And today, do we have an awesome show for you? And I say that every time, and I always mean it. doesn't matter who the artist is. Um, but today, we have Georgette Jones. And if you don't know her, you'll just have to look her up, which she'll be telling you all about that anyway. So, Georgette, are you here? I'm here. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. We're glad to have you here, you know, for this little 45 minutes that we have. You know, we, we treasure yes, we every are. minute. I'm Sandy, and I'm here also. <laughs> Hi, how are nice you? I was doing very good. How about you? You know, hanging in there. It's it's been crazy yeah. here the last you know month or so, but you know we're we're still hanging yeah. in like everybody else, just hoping for this to finally blow over and make things go back to normal for the rest of us. We can all get back to work and get back to our normal family lives. Right. We definitely yeah. understand that. You know, we all are hoping for that and praying for that. And wishing for that. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And, uh, <laughs> anything that we can do to make that thing happen, we need to do that. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> so tell us, a, you know, tell us who you are, which I already did, but still tell us who you are, where you're from, a little brief overview about you, and then tell us a few hobbies you like to do outside of music. Well, we um, like you said, my name's Georgette Jones, and um, I have grown up in a musical family. My parents were George Jones and Tammy Wynette and um very proud of them both and their legacy and always loved music because like I said I grew up in a home where music was something that we did on a daily basis all the time and I just always grew that passion for country music and I was kind of scared of of doing anything musical for a very long time because well a lot of that was because of who my parents were. Um I was very scared of trying to be able to to live in, in that shadow or to, to walk in those shoes. So I wasn't uh, young when I started singing full-time, although I did do things here and there since I was three. I've been singing on stage, wow. but I was a registered nurse for 17 years um, before doing music full-time about 11 years ago. I started doing music full-time, and oh, wow. um, I think really that was because I, I you know, when you finally get to an age where you start just loving the things that you love and not worrying about what other people think about you as much. You know, I think I finally realized that there's going to be people who like me and there's going to be people who don't like my voice and that's Mm -hmm. all okay. I mean, there's people out there who didn't like Elvis. So like, you know, if that's that's a thing, (laughs) True. True. (laughs) but, um, so I just had to decide that music was something I loved and I would pursue it no matter what. And hopefully there'd be some people out there who'll like it. And, um, you know, I just do what I love to do and I'm very blessed and happy that I get a chance to do that. Um, other hobbies besides, um, m- music, really. Uh, I've just actually started doing a lot of woodwork and, um, you know, building small tables and like ottomans, things like that. And I love to can food. I'm actually, after talking to some people yeah. to help us get through this crisis, I'm going to start um, trying to can some jams and jellies and pickle things oh, wow. and stuff like that and, and send to friends and, and family and stuff like that. Yeah. So it's, that's what I enjoy doing in my spare time. That's really cool. So what was it like yes. growing up in your family because of course you've got a unique position where you've seen it all basically at a young age well I I think for me it wasn't until I was in my probably mid late 20s mid 20s maybe before it really sunk in or hit me exactly who my parents were because for for (laughs) me growing up as a child they were just mom and dad and you know if we went to the Opry for one of them to sing or to a show it was that was their job and I met their friends and you know it just it didn't seem unusual or crazy at the time and um a lot of the stuff that we went through though I mean we had 
death threats and we had um, people doing crazy things to her home and all kind of stalkery kind of crazy things happened to both my parents. But those Mm -hmm. kind of things, um, you know, it's still, it it didn't, I didn't know how different our life was at all until I got much older. And I think once I finally was out on my own, I'd gone to college and I had my own family and I started really realizing living in a smaller town in Alabama compared to where I was Mm -hmm. living and what, you know, living in mom and dad's lifestyle and the way that they were living certainly was a lot different. And um, I realized that we had a lot of amazing opportunities to meet people and to travel places and to see and do things that most people don't have the opportunity to do. So I definitely feel blessed to have been able to have the experiences that we had. So what was the point where it clicked where you're like, this is what I want to do with the rest of my life? Well, um, I guess, you know, I've always had a passion for music, no matter what, even though I didn't necessarily pursue it right away. I did a I recorded a song with my dad when I was 10 that he put on an album called Daddy Come Home. And when I was 16, I graduated high school early and spent the summer before going to college singing backup for my mom to fill in for a backup singer who um, was unable to work that weekend because or that summer because of a an an emergency health wise. Um, And I loved it so much. So it was something that I always loved doing. But like I said, I was so scared of being compared or not being able to, you know, live in their shadow that I I didn't pursue music right away. I went to nursing school and um, was a registered nurse for 17 years. I loved my job. I really did. I enjoyed working at the hospital and doing the things that I did. Um, But I always missed music. It was always my Mm -hmm. first love. It was always, I did some writing and I do a couple of things here and there. Um, But I really didn't start touring or doing music full time until 2009. And Everything pretty much changed for me that year, and every way you can imagine, I met my husband to be, and you know, oh, yeah. I went out on my first tour on my own, and I quit working as a nurse and started working doing music full time. So it was 2009 was a crazy year, but it was a wonderful year <laughs> of change that was all for the positive. <laughs> you know, you're talking about pushing music away. I can remember back in 2004, we originally launched New Country Buzz in 2014, and for personal reasons, we shut it down in 2015, and I can remember. Trying, trying to go on with life without music. I'd push it away. Right. And it was like eating me up. And every six months, I would look up the domain New Country Buzz, like, nope, still available. Uh, a year later, <laughs> up, nope, still available. And <laughs> yeah, in the yeah. 2000, <laughs> you know, at the end of 2018, I told Sandy, you know what, I think we need to finish what we started. Because she kind of brainwashed me in all the music stuff. When we first married 17 <laughs> years ago, I was one of these big audio people. And she she, right. she was one of these big um, music people in the music. So it was like I wanted to listen to nothing but motivational audio 24-7. I was that hooked. <laughs> oh, yes, <laughs> she, she was. she was the same way about music. <laughs> so we knew immediately yes, we had, had my a, music. <laughs> mm-hmm. So we made agreement <laughs> we'll do a 50-50 split on both. And I still, awesome. I still um, like audio stuff, but I tell you what, I didn't understand the power of music and what music. Oh, can well, do in Sam, I'm, I'm sort of, you know, crazy when it comes to that because I guess, you know, I've always connected with music in that way, and I, I always find it surprising when people aren't really interested in music because then that intrigues me to know how in the world could <laughs> you not be? Just because I guess I love it yeah. so much, I can't imagine not having music on in the background pretty much any time of the day. Like, well. You know, if I'm cleaning the house, I'll put on music or something while I'm cleaning. You know, I listen to music in the car. I sing mm-hmm. along every time. So, 
you know, I, I, it's hard for me to imagine not loving music so much. So I, I probably relate more with your wife on that one, but like I totally get the passion yes. pushing each other together and, and building something together is pretty amazing. It's um, my husband and I, I know I'm very lucky and, and very mm-hmm. thankful that when we met, um, like I said, everything changed for mm-hmm. me in the summer of 2009. I met him. My husband is actually English, oh, wow. but he um, was in the process of getting his work visa, a three-year mm-hmm. um, work visa to work in the States when I met him in Ireland. And he was in the house band. Um, I'll try to give you the Reader's Digest short version, um, so I won't bore you to death with a long, long, long story. But basically, um, Bruce Boughton, who was the steel guitar player for Reba McIntyre, was supposed oh, wow. to be in the house band playing steel, but last mm-hmm. minute Reba added several shows that was going to take him away from being able to do it. So two days before this tour happened, my husband ended up getting a phone call to be the steel player. And um, so oh, we wow. ended up meeting, of course, falling in love, and we've been together <laughs> for 11 years now. So that was one life-changing event from that <laughs> tour. But uh, I also got to tour with Leona Williams, Doug Stone, and Hal Ketchum, and there was a man there with Leona Williams named Tracy Pitcox, and he owns an independent record label in Texas called the Heart of Texas Records, and mm-hmm. it's in Brady, Texas. They're wonderful people. He's a great guy, and he's like, you're telling me that you're working as a nurse and you don't have any CDs to sell? And I'm like, well, no. <laughs> I just came here to sing, so I like to sing, and I was invited. And he's like, honey, you need to make some CDs. I'm like, well, I don't, you know, I don't know how to do that, really, because the mm-hmm. whole thing was, even though I grew up the way I did, you know, I grew up at a totally different time. You know, record labels yeah. and, and deals mm-hmm. and contracts were so different when my parents were, were getting started. So it was a whole new ball game for, for people like me in a different time. 20s in Nashville, yeah. it's, you're, you're already 80 in their mind. So. Yeah. I uh, was lucky enough, Tracy Pitcock said, well, come to Texas, I'll help you make some records, and and I, if it weren't for my husband pushing me and saying, you know what, you've been saying that your whole life, you've been too scared to try it, he's like, you're in between nursing jobs, because I took off uh, a leave and was going to start a new job, just so I could do a two-week tour in Ireland and take my children and, you know, show them part of the world they'd never seen before, so, um, when when I made the decision, I came home and immediately I told the other job that I wouldn't be taking the job and started pursuing music full time. And so it's been a wonderful 11 years, but it's been crazy and somewhat stressful at times and, you know, all of that stuff. But it's it's been great. I've been very happy and blessed. It, you know, talking about how you met, I'll tell you our little really, really small portion. Um, we actually met online in February, February 2nd of 02. Talked on the phone awesome. for the first time February 4th. Set a wedding date February 18th and met in person March 4th. And the date uh-huh. we set was October. So we were crazy. <laughs> and the date it we set was that's was awesome our... that it worked out, that y'all were happy <laughs> and in love, and that's great. Yeah. It's a great story. Yeah. And Still the date we set was October 5th of, you know, October 5th of 2002 was the date we set. So we actually, because she was from Kentucky and I was from Savannah, we actually only spent not even 20 days face-to-face. Before we married. Oh my gosh! Right, maybe ten. Mm-hmm. Well, I have to say, you know, October fifth would have been a great day. It was my birthday, but that's okay. Ah, <laughs> oh, yeah, that's our date, October fifth. Yep, that's our, yep. We'll so, be eighteen years day. married. Yeah. This coming October fifth will be eighteen years married. Yes. Oh, that's awesome! So happy anniversary on my birthday. That's great. Oh yes, and happy early birthday. <laughs> 
And because our little one likes to always ask a question, I want to get because I don't want to make the, get to the end and we he, we miss him. So he always gets on the phone and asks one question to each artist. Oh, absolutely. He's he's eight years old. We've got a one year old daughter too that once once she gets a little older, we'll insert her into our show too. Because <laughs> it's a oh, family that'll show. be so cool. It should be a family show. That's awesome. <clears throat> trying to become a whole musical family, but maybe in a different way. Now, granted, who knows? One of them, two might become a singer. That would be awesome. They well, might. Yeah, I mean, you could showcase them right here. That'd be awesome. <laughs> oh, yes, and he loves country music. He doesn't want us to listen to anything but country music, because that's his favorite. <laughs> oh, he's a smart boy, then. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> here he is. Here's Christopher. Hi. Hi. Hey, How are you? What's your favorite food? Oh, my favorite food. I love macaroni and cheese. It's like I don't care how you make it. You cannot go wrong with macaroni and cheese, and I could probably eat it three times a day. I would eat a whole box if I could. I love it. <laughs> Tell her what yours is. Is that yeah. your favorite? What do you uh, like? Pizza. What is your favorite? Salad? Really? Pizza. Oh, my goodness. I wish I could get my kids to love salad as much because no, they were not big vegetable eaters. It took me a Oh, oh. pizza. I thought you said salad. I'm like, I've never heard a kid say salad in my Bro, whole life. He, he does, oh, he no, does pizza. love vegetables, though. He does oh, love good, vegetables. <laughs> well, yeah, I would okay, tell you pizza is probably my second favorite, though. <laughs> he, he come and gone already. That's funny. He's, he's one of them. <laughs> I, he asked, like, but, but he would get upset if we left him off. Oh, would. no, he, I totally understand. I certainly too. wouldn't want to leave him out. But if he's like my kid, they, you know, I'm surprised he even lasted that long. <laughs> yes, <laughs> eight years old, so short attention span, but he loves to be a part of it. Oh, that's, awesome. <laughs> no, that's really good. So when you look at your career so far, what are some moments where you're like, wow, I got to do that? Oh, gosh, there's a few of those. Um, there was a moment where I got to sing with my dad on uh, the Opry, and, and, and I got oh, yeah. to sing with my dad. I got to open for him at the Ryman, which are two incredibly amazing places that are certainly sacred to anyone who loves country music so the fact that I got to play at those places and got to sing with my dad in those places means Mm -hmm. a lot um and I won't ever forget this one particular memory I remember I was so scared you know because I mean it's not just like singing just anywhere I mean you know if you get to Mm -hmm. sing in the opera it's such a special moment I just all I could think about was oh please Mm -hmm. God don't let me mess up anything just this one performance (laughs) please let me get it right you know (laughs) and I guess you could probably see how nervous I was my dad was already on stage so I was standing there by myself just kind of side stage watching Mm -hmm. and I didn't pay attention until I got a tap on the shoulder but Dirk Bentley was standing next to me and he must have seen how absolutely terrified I was um you could probably see my 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 heart beating out of my chest to be (laughs) honest at that point and um and so he was like are you fixing to go sing with your dad I was like yes and and he goes um you're gonna be just fine he said just relax take a deep breath and enjoy it just Mm -hmm. let it you know sink in while you're doing enjoy the moment I was like thank you and I remember thinking I couldn't even have a conversation with him. And later I was like, how cool is that, that he took the time to, you know, try to help me feel better and to even yeah. say anything to me. I won't ever forget yeah. that about him. My dad had a lot of wonderful stories about Dirk and said he was just a, a great guy. And so that I have to believe that that's true. He was really sweet to me mm-hmm. then. Well, that's really awesome. And it sounds like that they really went around you. Um, I always like to flip the script, too. When you say some high things, I like to flip it to the other area. And um, I'll show you where I'm going. I'll tell a small story of where I want this to go. Um, 2014, we interviewed Allison Steele from Two Steel Girls when they were full-time on music. And my question mm-hmm. to her was, what 
um, what advice would you give an up-and-coming artist? And her exact words were, he said, she said, this is going to sound funny coming from someone full-time. She goes, but if your heart will allow you to do anything outside of music, please go do that and keep this a hobby. She said, the sacrifices we have to make, the struggles we go through, if a death happens on today and we got a gig tonight, we have to get up there and smile. We have to wear so many masks. Oh, yeah. We have to wear so many jobs. And she says, but if your yeah. heart won't allow you to do anything else outside of that, then go all in because it's the only way to work. Let's go there. What do you think of what she said? And, let, and let's go about some, that side of it. I totally agree with her about that. I mean, it definitely is rough. It's not an easy lifestyle. I mean, you know, I, like I said before, for instance, um, I loved being a nurse. I enjoyed my job. Um, it also had its, you know, stressors and different things from, you know, every job does. There's things you're going to like and hate mm-hmm. about anything anybody does. Um, but I did enjoy it. Um, but for me, I stayed away from singing because I was kind of nervous and scared with it. When I finally jumped all in, it is mm-hmm. a definitely, it's a whole different lifestyle. I was very used to being, I mean, I was a single mom um, and I had a, a specific income that I made every two weeks that I knew how to budget because that's what I made every two weeks and my taxes were taken out and I knew what to expect and, and it made it a little bit easier to do mm-hmm. that. But when I went into music full time, suddenly I don't know if and when I'm going to have gigs. And then I know that I had to learn the hard way, you know, November, December, January, and February, you don't have much work mm-hmm. in those months. So when you do have <laughs> oh, good yeah. gigs, say in February, I mean, say in, you know, April or, or June, you better be saving some of that for the later months too. They don't take taxes out. You got to worry about that. You're suddenly self-employed and they tax you more. There's, there's just a lot of stuff that you don't know about it until you start doing it. And it mm-hmm. is a, a totally different way of thinking. It's like I was, you know, I'm, I'm kind of OCD, like being a nurse. <laughs> I was very organized. You know, I liked things to be a certain way. And, you know, I didn't mm-hmm. have to worry about the unexpected. I knew what my job was and knew what I needed to do. But in the music business, yeah, from one day to the next, you have no idea what <laughs> may or may not happen. And I mean, and like for us right now, this is insanely crazy because, number one, not only are we isolated at home and not able to really see our family and friends just like everybody else, Mm-hmm. But um, all of our work, I had a show on March the 7th, and as of March the 8th when I woke up, everybody started talking about, well, maybe we should cancel other shows this month. They hadn't forced it yet, but all yeah. my work, I had four or five mm-hmm. shows that were canceled just for the month of March. And then wow. my husband and I both, we have no work at all until possibly they said that he might be able to have some work in June or July. They're trying to put that together for him. He plays steel guitar for Easton mm-hmm. Corbin. And thank God for him and his job, because Easton, um, you know, has been able to pay them some of their salary, even though, you know, yeah. we haven't, but they haven't been able to do it full. Yeah. He's been kind and generous enough to pay half their salary during this time. Yeah. Otherwise, we'd really be in trouble, because all my stuff's been canceled, and we still have our same bills like everybody else does. And, you yeah. know, maybe, you know, I'm hoping that all of us here in America will come together and love each other and support each other through this, and then hopefully it'll be over soon and we can all get back to normal. Oh, yeah, yes, definitely. absolutely. And, and I always like to show the struggle side of it because I think a lot of, you know, you hear, you see on Facebook and stuff where people say, you know, artists just need a real job. And I, I can't stand <laughs> hearing that. You know, in fact, I've, ta- I've stopped a few people on that because, you mm-hmm. know, people, when people say that, I'm like, don't tell an artist they need a real job because they have something better, a passion to live for. And, well, you know, and, and there's so many things that, that go into our work, yeah, that I think people don't understand. There's a lot of travel. There's a lot of 
Um, mm-hmm. Not necessarily things mm-hmm. like this, but there are interviews and workshops and the things you go to. We have to schedule time for writing appointments with people. We don't get paid for any of that stuff. We only get paid for our shows. So a lot of the promotion and a lot of the TV and radio and different things that we have to do in order to try to have a living, we do have to spend a lot of time doing that, and we don't get paid for that. So our big payday result at the end of the day is hopefully getting a crowd big enough to come see you that you know may buy some CDs or you know buy a ticket that you can get a portion of so mm-hmm. that we can make our living. And to be honest, there's been days where I've you know I've kept my my nursing license in Alabama, and I, you know, if I have to update it and get it for Tennessee, I'll update it and get it for Tennessee. But, you know, it's it's one of those things I struggle with because there are definitely times where I know I could make better money if I just went back to nursing. But I I love what I do, and as long as we can keep making a living somehow at what we do, then yeah. I probably won't go back to nursing for a while. But we'll see. One day I may have to. <laughs> <laughs> Because we feel you on that because, you know, we're just like everybody else. You know, we got a new radio show here. New Country Media really makes me money right now. <clears throat> the goal one yeah. day is to be like a Bobby Bones yeah. show, a Ty Bentley show. But right now, we're not. <laughs> so it's like right, you know, right. we're, we're, forking, we're putting money into going. this. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, you know, we do a little bit different stuff on the side, uh, like as Sandy said, to keep on going while we build this brand. So, you know, we're just so – right. I feel like as hosts, we we can relate to most of the artists that come on our show because we're going through the exact same thing they're going through at any given time. Yeah, it is. It's crazy trying to run your own business and do your own thing. It's a lot of stuff that, you know, like some days I tell my husband, look, I just really don't want to be a grown up today. Like I just don't want to do it. I don't want to have them, you know, yeah. do this and do that and blah blah. It's like, you know, so he's he's great. I'm very, like I said, I'm very blessed to have a great husband. We take turns doing certain things sometimes for that reason, so that we both don't have to be, you know, freaking out all the time. <laughs> yeah, Sandy's had to. Uh, Help me off the cliffs. I mean, so many times I'm like, you know what, just heck with it. You know, mm-hmm. let's just shut everything right. down. I'm, you know, I'm tired of this. Maybe I will just go get a regular job. And then she'll right. look at me and like, you get a regular job. Are you gonna? You think you really can do that? And I'm like, no, I can't. Oh, I know, <laughs> I know. I mean, and like. Yeah. I mean, it's it's a thing too. Like, you know, I, I wasn't miserable being a nurse, but then I think now that I've done something that I love so much for so long now, for 11 years, mm-hmm. I think if I did go back to being a nurse, first of all, I would be terrified if there's, I'm sure there's been so many things that's happened the last 11 years in medicine. I would be very worried about starting back out in that field, you know, without a lot of mm-hmm. extra training and time to catch up. But yeah. still, you know, it's just a t- think I always equate it to you moved out of your mm-hmm. parents' home and you go out on your own for a mm-hmm. while and then, you know, when you're 50 years old, suddenly you had to move back in with your parents, it would be an adjustment. <laughs> you would just, not because you yeah. don't love your parents, but because, yeah, you know, exactly. it's it's different. You're used to your own thing and your own schedule and doing stuff your own way and, you know, it just makes it harder. It does. Okay. We're going to take a quick break and when we come back from the break, we're going to play your song. I know what you did last night. Really cool song. And and then awesome. we're going to talk Thank about you. that. All right, great. Here we go. Okay. Are you a business owner who needs capital to grow your business or you're in a tight pen? Hey, everyone. We have partnered with another great podcast called the Sports Guys Podcast. You can find them over at thesportsguyspodcast.com. The Sports Guys Podcast is a sports and country music podcast hosted by Brandon, Nick, and Andy. They cover sports on a state, regional, and national level with many of the biggest names in the sports industry. 
The Sports Guys also host a Backstage Pass music segment where they go behind the scenes and talk with some of the biggest artists in country music, everything from Texas country, Americana, as well as Nashville artists. The Backstage Pass provides a more in-depth look at the musicians' rise in music as they talk about their career and tell stories about their music to share with their fans. Many of the same guests will be appearing on our show as well. Again, you can find them over at thesportsguyspodcast.com. It's a grand slam of sports and music. Please go over and check them out. want to get up and dance, I'll tell you. Oh, yes, great <laughs> song. You. We love it. <laughs> I appreciate that. That song, it's a fun one to do for sure, and I was so excited that he said he would do it because, see, if you don't count my parents, Vince Gill mm-hmm. and Merle Haggard, in my opinion, are the two greatest singers of all time, and I just yeah. adore them and their music. Yeah. So 
uh, Dean Miller, who's Roger Miller's son, um, was producing my CD for me. And we thought mm-hmm. about, you know, I would love to do that song with him. I said, but I don't, I don't want to ask. I've met him a few times. He's very <laughs> kind and polite. He was great friends with my dad, but I, I just don't want to be that person who I don't want to ask for anything or, you know, I just don't yeah. want to do it. Well, Dean kind of went around and asked him anyway, <laughs> and uh, and I've saved the the voicemail that Dean got back. It means the world to me that he answered oh, back, yeah. and basically he's like, I know my management team initially told you that I was too busy, but I, I definitely would love to sing with Georgette. And I was like, oh, my gosh, how exciting to hear that. So he recorded at his own home studio, and I was just thrilled to death that he took the time to, to be a part of it because it just, it just meant the world to me. It's awesome. So um... – as you know, the you know the artists can't do anything without a team, and fans really don't get to see that or hear that part. Um, tell us some stories of a few people behind you that that they've done things, whether it's PR company or what, but parts of your team where they've stepped up and helped you go to another level. Well, gosh, there's just been a lot of different people like that. I mean, um, unfortunately, my an entertainment attorney, attorney that I first hired back in 2009, or actually before that, in 2005, when I first started working on a few projects in Nashville, even before I started doing music full-time, um, his name was Philip Lyon, and uh, his assistant, Mary Kathy, the two of them um, were so crucially important to me back in that time, and so was Jim Foster and Jackie Bradshaw. Those were people that worked at a publishing company that gave me a job and mm-hmm. let me write with them and for them for a while when I was trying to start on my music here. And, you know, Philip and, and Mary both were amazing. They believed in me and had faith in me when I really had no confidence in my music or anything at the moment. Oh, wow. I just was terrified and didn't know what to think or do. And and they helped me. They knew what I needed to do, and they helped me do it, and they stood by me even when things were crazy, and I was still trying to live in Alabama and be a nurse and come back and forth, and, you know, there was a lot going on. Um, But then uh, my band, too, that I work with, Mm -hmm. I could never imagine having any other people working with me than the people that work on the road with me. They become part of your extended family, and they spend spend a lot of time with the people on the road that you travel with, and they have all been so amazing and you know, there's been times where we've had heartache and pain, like you heard Allison and them talking about, um, mm-hmm. when you just don't know if you can go out on stage. And, you know, there have been those moments where just being able to look at Stacy, who sings back up with me, her giving me a smile or a nudge or anything when you're, you know, having a hard time on stage gives you mm-hmm. encouragement to help you get through a tough time. So there's always been crucial people like that that, you know, you need those true, reliable loyal people in your life, especially in this business, because, you know, I don't want to sound like a cliche saying a cliche, Mm -hmm. but, you know, my dad himself (laughs) told me, and you'll have to forgive me, I'll I'll promise I'll keep it clean, I'll bleep myself, but um, (laughs) but my dad told me one time, he's like, honey, he's like, you're such a good nurse, he's like, are you sure you really want to try to pursue music, and I said, well, that sounds like you think that I can't sing, and he said, oh my God, honey, no, he said, I don't mean that, he said, you know, I think you have a great voice, and he said, I think you're, you're, you're a beautiful singer, he said, but, you know, people in this business are blankety-blank. And he's like, yeah. you know, he said they're all sharks mm-hmm. and they're blank. And he said they're horrible, they're mean, they'll eat you alive, they don't care about you or your life oh, or wow. anything else other mm-hmm. than making money. And he said, and I just worry, I don't want my, you know, he said, I don't want to see anybody hurt you or take advantage. And he said, I just know it's what happened mm-hmm. in this business. So I understand, you know, on the one hand, my dad 
was so sweet trying to protect me. <laughs> but he's like, but I can see you're not mm-hmm. giving up on this anytime soon. So if, if that's what you really want to do, you got to do it. You know, so he, he understood yeah. that too. But, um, you know, it is, it's a crazy business. It's not like any other <laughs> that I've ever, you know, been around. So One thing I've noticed about Nashville, though, is there really are a community that comes together. Yes. <clears throat> and because I remember um, before the tornadoes, because even the tornadoes really showed me what Nashville is about. But before the tornadoes, I, we live in Savannah, and I put on Facebook, I'm looking for someone local that has um, an extra podcast mic that they would love to give up for me. <laughs> and it's funny, one uh-huh. of my Nashville friends private messaged me, says, I've got one. What's your address? I'll mail it to you. That's awesome. Yeah, and, and I, I think the reason for that is exactly what I just mentioned, though, was because I think most of us who live here and work in this business know how awful it is and know mm-hmm. how mean and terrible the business side can be. So I think those of us who are either artists or musicians or technicians or whatever you mm-hmm. may be supporting the music industry in this town, we all have to support each other because if we don't, yeah. I mean, it would be a lot more devastating to each of us as individuals if we can't come together somehow. So it makes me very proud to know that we're a part of a community that does try really hard to look after each other. You know, that's just like, you know, for years we've been wanting to move down to Jacksonville, Florida. And for some reason we couldn't, can't ever get anything established there. And we live yeah. there a lot from Savannah. And all of a sudden I'm like, I was telling Sandy, it's like, I think God might have another idea for us because all of a sudden I'm having this whole Nashville community behind us of what we're doing. And yeah. I'm like, okay, um, Nobody, yes, a lot of support there. Really so supports for. us locally. I've got a couple people, but for That's the most true. part, nobody supports us. And all these Nashville people are like, you know what? If you ever move here, we will take you to every event. We'll get you in any place you want to get into. And I'm sitting there like, I think we're in the wrong place. <laughs> so, you know, yeah. because of all that, <laughs> because of all that, we're planning on either end of this year or beginning of next moving to Nashville. So we're excited mm-hmm. about that. Awesome. Um, we just feel like with what with the direction that New Country Media is going and all that, we kind of need to be there. Well, and I can tell you right now, uh, friends of mine from just the people that I know, I've got one friend in particular who does a radio show out of Texas called From Texas to Tennessee. And the truth <laughs> about that right there, it says it all in, 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 in the title. If you live mm-hmm. anywhere probably in Texas and if you live mm-hmm. near Nashville, those two places are the two best places to ever be. Um, for country music, um, Nashville mainly because most of the business is established here, but that's also one of the reasons why a lot of people like to go to Texas because it's not the normal mm-hmm. established business <laughs> there. But um, but the truth, whether you favor one over the other, Texas and Tennessee both are places that encourage music and all and diversity in all kinds of country mm-hmm. music styles and Which is and great. it really is a whole community in, in and of itself. So I, I hope you do get to come and we get to meet you and. Could hang out and be a part of our big Nashville family. That would really oh, we're looking be awesome. forward to that. Yeah, we're hoping to come up there, and when all this stuff is over, we're hoping to visit for four or five days. So we definitely have to look yeah. you up on that. Yeah, definitely. Um, so, Let us know. It'd be great. So, if you could co-write with anyone dead or alive, who would it be, and what would you want your song to be about? Oh my gosh, that's such a Hard question. I actually don't think anyone's ever asked me this, which I'm going to give you props on that one because I usually get a lot of the same questions all the time. So that's cool. Um, I mean, I'd have to say I'd love to write with both my parents at one time or another because I never really officially mm-hmm. sat down with either of them to write a song. And both of them were, were incredible writers, and I would love to, to be able to do that. 
And I, I would probably, because I appreciate their skills so much better, obviously, than my own, that I would probably let them pick what we wrote about. But if I could pick any other writer, um, mm-hmm. I actually have written with a man named Don Fremmer. He has passed oh, well. in the last couple of years. He was such an incredible songwriter. And, you know, you could pick anything, and that man could make it sound awesome. Oh, well. <laughs> like, he could just – he was such an amazing writer. And I um, I admire him so much that even though I've written with him before, if, if my choice was not my parents and I had to pick any writer, I probably would pick to write with Don again because he just was – such an amazing man and such a good person in addition to being a talented writer. What do you think you'd want to write about? Well, what we, we basically wrote a lot about just different things um, in life. Like I have a few songs, one song that we wrote together uh, with another friend of ours, Billy Davidson was called when tractors fly. And it's, it's sort of what you think it might be and sort of not. It's basically about a city girl who. Never thought she'd even like being out in the country, but she mm-hmm. met this boy, of course, and she falls in love, and she moves to the country, and she gets to the course. She starts telling you how she never thought she'd like painting fences and, you know, <laughs> hanging out with oh, the wow. chickens and that kind of stuff, but she loves it. And she <laughs> said, you'll see me one day headed back to the city when tractors fly, you know, basically is the gist oh, of the song. Okay. So, but it's, it's mm-hmm. but there's lots of, I mean, there's so many different things. We'd always write about something that one of us was going through or some situation mm-hmm. that we had been through or knew about. And it's, I, I find that for me writing through an experience either of my own or something that I've seen someone close to me experience, it just means more to me. And I think that I'm able to connect to the lyrics and the music more trying to yeah. write that than if I were just randomly trying to come up with a topic. So it's usually stuff that we've over weeks or, or time have saved. Like I, I'll, Put things in my notes in my phone because I may have an idea um, in, in the middle of the grocery store and not know what to do with it and can't really write it down and do anything about it. So I'll stick it in my phone to you know save for a title for writing later. But um, mm-hmm. yeah, awesome. I probably Dawn. <laughs> so if you when you look back at your career so far in your life, is there a song out there that describes your life? In a way, I would say um, my new album has the title track I wrote uh, a friend of mine named Ashley Hewitt and I had written part of the song and then I just I'm much more a lyric person I'm sorry we interviewed Ashley Hewitt years ago Oh, oh yeah. yeah, Ashley's great. She's yeah. a very talented songwriter and singer herself. And she, um, you know, I, I, I wanted her to help me with the melody because I, I, I for mm-hmm. some reason, I'm always so scared I'm going to repeat melodies on somebody and not realize I'm oh, doing wow. it. So she was kind yeah. enough mm-hmm. to write with me. And it's the title track to my new CD called Skin. And basically, right. it talks about, you know, a lot of times, you know, we judge people based on what they look like, whether it's their mm-hmm. color or whether they're women or men or their hair's messy yep. and maybe they're wearing mm-hmm. jogging pants. They don't have makeup on. You know, we assume that either either tired or sick or lazy. You know, we, we assume terrible things based on the way yeah. people look. And and I'm one of those people that I, I grew up a tomboy. I love being outdoors. Right. So I rarely, unless I'm on stage, I rarely wear makeup. God bless my husband for not caring. <laughs> but, you know, I just, I, I just don't like dressing up. I like just being casual. I like being able to run outside and do whatever I want to do and not worry about messing up anything. Um so my point to the story was, regardless, if you mm-hmm. see me and I've got tattoos all down one arm, 
you know, don't judge me and think that I'm a, a freak or a crazy person because I have tattoos or maybe I yeah. don't look like, you know, what you would want me to look like. But just remember, at the end of the day, I still have that heart of daddy's little girl, that that yeah. little bit of innocence, you know, that all of us have being, you know, that, mm-hmm. that little girl of your dad. You know, that's that's still there regardless of what I look like. So it talks about how even after having been judged, it's saying that I'm happy in the skin I'm in. I have finally... Mm-hmm come through these things in life where I am happy and I accept who I am and I'm glad with who I am as a person. And it did take me a long time to get to that point in my life to be happy with just exactly who I am and how I am. So that song is important and it means a lot to me for those reasons. I love that story behind that. Now, I'm going to ask this question in this way and I'll explain why in a minute. But if you had a magic wand and what you're about to say would come true, where would you want to be in five years? The reason I'm asking it that way is this past February, we asked Kelsey Ballerini that question five years ago. Her exact answer she gave us was almost to the T of what she's living right now. <clears throat> and I asked oh, it that wow, way because I, I want people to get the vision. I don't want just, I wouldn't want to do music. I want the actual deep vision that people have. So if all else, and, you're not, and you ain't going to fail, where would you be in five years? Well, you're going to laugh at me because this is two part. This is part where I want my, you know, my husband and I, our personal life and our professional life to go. It within the next five mm-hmm. years, I would love it if we lived out in the country somewhere with a little bit more land and privacy, where I can grow a nice big garden and you know fish in a little creek nearby. And I know that sounds like I'm just some crazy person who wants to go out <laughs> and be in solitude and not live with the world. But I love the outdoors, and my husband yeah. does too. So we'd love to just be able to have a you know a place for you know that kind of thing. And then musically mm-hmm. speaking, um, you know I don't ever expect really, and I don't want to be so busy that I'm constantly on tour. I'm yeah. not one of those people who have these big dreams of being on a huge auditorium mm-hmm. or stage. For me, it's more about working with artists and, and musicians that I admire and making music that I love. And so even if whether I play bars or play stadiums, I think for me in five years, if I can work with some incredible writers and some talented people and make some music that I'm, that I'm proud of, then that's, that's going to be enough to make me happy. Definitely. You know, pay the bills enough to to get by and we're not hungry. I'm good. (laughs) I don't need anything more than that. And I've narrowed it down to two more questions for you to, so we can get you out of here at the right time. (laughs) Um, Okay. But Mm -hmm. if you you had a friend that was just really getting started in music and let's say he or she, you heard me, they have a good sound. They have a good vibe. And, and they feel like, you know what, they've played maybe five or ten shows, but they feel in their heart this is what they're supposed to do. What advice would you give that person to help guide them the next two, three, four years? Well, I would tell them two things. First of all, I would tell them to treat it like it was the next big scientific discovery. You do all your research, all your homework, write all that you can, meet everyone that you can, try to network any way you can to – and practice and practice and practice because that's what builds your confidence and makes you a better singer. Um, so all of those things, working really hard at honing in on your craft and being a better singer and a better writer and maybe you know learning an instrument, playing guitar or piano or doing mm-hmm. something along yeah. with your music. I, w- I would focus on anything and everything I possibly could to make me the very best that I could possibly be. And then the other mm-hmm. thing that I would say is to you have to make a decision in this town, and that sounds terrible. But you have to make a decision in this town. The most important decision that you can ever make is to be yourself. 
And the yep. reason why I say that is because there's so many artists that come to this town and maybe they're more traditional than what's being played on the radio, or maybe they're mm-hmm. not even that, but maybe there's something different. Maybe they're a whole new sound that's different from what Nashville really is, but they have that little bit of country that filters in their music. So they come here. Well, Mm-hmm. A lot of the labels and a lot of the businesses here, they're going to want you to sound like everybody else that's already on the radio because they already know that's making them money. And so unfortunately, yep. a lot of times artists will change their whole sound, their whole look, their whole everything to try to please a label. And I'm going to go ahead and say this out loud right now. You cannot please a label. You cannot. <laughs> You're never going to please them because even if you look great and sell records – you're only going to temporarily make them smile for a minute, and then if you're not making the most of everybody else, they push you aside. And they, it's it's about business. Yep. It's not about you. So yep. unfortunately, that's why I say you've got to make a decision when you get to this town. And my dad wrote a letter. If you ever see it, I'm sure Alan Jackson's talked about it before. But my dad wrote a letter to Alan before he passed, and one of the things that he said to him was. Don't ever change. You know, I know music yep. is changing. This town is changing. Everybody's sound. Everybody's trying to keep up with the new sound oh, and wow. change themselves to keep up. But don't ever change because I can tell you for sure when I'm sitting in a chair and I'm listening to people sing, I can tell when mm. people connect to a song or not. Yeah, I can tell, exactly. you know, mm-hmm. if they're emotionally involved with the music they're making if, or if they're just singing and going through the motions. It's, it's obvious you know, when you watch and listen to people, whether or not this is who they are or not. So if you're not authentic and true to yourself, I don't think you have a chance in the world to make it here. You still have to be yourself, even if it may not be the most popular thing on the radio. And before I ask the last question, I want to point out something on that. When, When we first was launching this show, I asked a friend of mine from Nashville, what advice would he give us in our show? And he knows we look up like Bobby Bones and Ty Bentley and them. He says, be authentic. He says, you can, you can learn every Bobby Bones joke, every Ty Bentley joke. You can almost imitate yep. them and, but, and grow an audience. But the day's going to come when authentic Chris comes out. And when authentic Chris comes out, you're going to lose every bit of your audience because your audience is attracted to fake Chris, not authentic Chris. But if you, from the beginning, right. stay authentic, the right audience will come. That's the thing, because like, even my dad, my dad was so absolutely in love with the music of Hank Williams and Roy Acuff. Mm-hmm. I mean, he, he tried to emulate Hank Williams a lot when he first was getting started, because he, he just loved him so much. Mm-hmm. And there were people who tried to tell him, hey, you know, we know what Hank Williams sound like. What, did you, what do you sound like? You know, and the same thing was said to Ray Charles, you know, that pe- mm-hmm. he could emulate mm-hmm. other artists singing and when his show when he was playing in a bar but yet they're like what will you sound like so i think that's definitely one of the most important things that you have to hold on to your own personal authenticity is important last question and maybe one day we'll uh, hopefully soon we'll have you back but um if if there was a question out there that hosts like us never asked but you kind of wish we did what would it be oh my gosh (laughs) I don't even know. That's such a good question. I'm trying to think because, um, you know, all the things – when we do these interviews like this, the main thing is is that we're hoping mm. and praying that people will hear us maybe even for the first time and not know who we are and then learn about mm. us and want to hear more of our music. Mm-hmm. So I guess, you know, a lot of times when people ask questions, we don't always end up getting to the end of that where we start shamelessly promoting ourselves. You know how we have to do <laughs> Um, so it's like, mm-hmm. let me get out there. I have a website, georgettejones.net. Please go check it out. I have a brand new CD out called Skin, 
And I'm super proud of that. It's the one and only project I've ever made that I got to pick all the musicians. I got to make the arrangements. I got to really do every little last detail awesome. and pick the people who sang with me. So this, this is an act, a very special project to me. And um, so I guess it's just, you know, those kind of questions about the actual yeah. nitty gritty of our business that sometimes we end up not really saying to the last second and trying to squeeze it in, but I can't, can't even think of a question, but I'm, what I'm going to do is I'm going to end up emailing you or texting you back. It'll hit me about two in the morning and I'll try not to wake you up, but I'll send you a message. That's usually what happens to me is I think about it later and go, dang it. I wish I'd said that. Yeah. You know, you know, we've actually, we've actually built our show around that question. We have. That's amazing. Because, because we want to we want to ask what y'all want us to ask that will get y'all out in the best light. Mm-hmm. Awesome. But that's definitely a great way to think about it. And if you keep that up, then you know, your show is going to grow a lot because people are going to want to be a part of it, and you're going to be able to help people, and that's going to make a big change for a lot of people. Well, that's the vision. The ultimate vision for New Country Media is to break artists. That's ultimate. That's just you know. Granted, we ain't there yet, but we will be. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm sure you will. Like I said, I mean, after talking to both of you, it's obvious y'all have a passion for what you do. Like I have a passion for what I do. So I wish the best of luck to both of you in the future. I hope this really goes well for you guys. Well, we appreciate, oh, we so appreciate it. it. And, and we really thank you for your time. And we did go a little over. I was trying everything to get it in that 45 oh, minutes. Oh, it's okay. I, I, I will manage to get there. When, when you when you played my, the duet with Vince Gill, I emptied my dishwasher and started supper. So we're going to hurry up and eat it before we get out of here. I've got someone yeah. meeting me here at 2 for an appointment. So, <laughs> so we're getting it done. Well, we look forward to having you back on the show down the road for some updates. We do. Well, thank you so much. I appreciate you guys having me. Right, we'll oh, thank you, you for soon. your time. Bye. Right, no Bye. problem. Bye. Hey, everyone. Hope you really enjoyed today's show. It's really tough for these artists out there right now. They they don't have shows to go to. The money is getting slammed. So go support them. Go support Georgette Jones. Go buy her stuff. Go buy her merch. Go find her music. Go spin it on Spotify and all that. All that helps. Um, but anyway, we got a really special show tomorrow. I'm going to be interviewing our pastor um, of our church. We felt like since it's Easter, we wanted to do something special. And what better thing than to interview a pastor? And he's got a heck of a story. Wait till you hear his story because, you know, he's definitely been fighting some things. But anyway, as always, we'll see you tomorrow.